get it going, people. Back again on a motherfucking Monday. Um, wow. Damn. I mean, hello to everybody out there. Symboli, we got content. We are back again. Um, it's it's sometimes I wonder, it it fluctuates, right? Sometimes it fluctuates. I'll be thinking, like, do people really do they are they ready for my content? Maybe I might be like not back to the future, but you know, ahead of, ahead of the present, <laughs> you know, I feel, sometimes I feel like, man, maybe I should come along 20 years from now. You know what I mean? I'm, I feel like I'm out of touch and out of time. I'm saying all these things and it seems like people want a black person to say this. It seems like you think that my community, I don't give a fuck what the world wants, but you would think that my community would be like, yes, we want somebody who speaks out like this intelligently. Like I said, don't fucking say these, these good bullet bulletin board issue points these good social issue points police brutality jewish people don't say this shit and then run off and not engage in the conversation necessary to bring about the growth you know from the dirt (laughs) that i threw all on the ground right you feel me Uh, what's going on everybody out there special shout outs to the new listeners that's what i wanted to say kind of danced around it but i wanted to say shout out to the new listeners um, I was scrolling over my statistics and God damn, <laughs> God damn. Now I normally, like I said, I normally about 2000, you know, downloads an episode. Um, but recently all my episodes, all my episodes and it seems, so whoever's been listening to the new episode, they went back and listened to all the previous episodes cause they're all matching up all my numbers and all my podcast episodes have jumped up. So there's a large group, it feels like. This got me a little bit nervous. I hope it's not the I hope it's not the Star David group out here. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know I can fucking wait. You know I talk shit. I'm Simbali. I gotta talk that shit. But no, it feels like it's a group. It's not like one here, two, three. It's like a, a flutter. Like last episode, 15,000 downloads, right? But then uh, what is it? Episode five, another fifteen thousand downloads. You know what I mean? And then all of them, like all the way up to Charleston White and Pass, they're all like in the high numbers where I'm like, wait a second. It feels like there's a group, you know what I'm saying, that's like watching this shit. So whatever's going on, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. But you'd be a fool if you thought that I was going to miss this Monday. You'd be a goddamn fool if you thought after shit's been finally going good, you think I'm going to miss Monday? You must be crazy. What's going on, people? Um, Special shout outs to, like I said, the truck drivers out there moving our products. Around this great state of America. Yes, from the West Coast to Maine, from down south, up north past the Mason-Dixon line. All the people out there doing what we do. Special shouts out. You know, I'm part of the gang. I see you guys out and we're, we're moving and grooving. Um, shout out to the Uber drivers, the Lyft drivers, the DoorDash. People that make a living in their vehicles. Right? Those are the podcast listeners. That's my audience. You know, you people that do other shit, you... You guys that don't really spend too much time in your cars, you wait till you get in a car. Then you listen to a podcast, right? Wait till you go on a road trip or you get an airplane. Then you listen to a podcast. But my group, my gang, my mafia of truckers, door dashers, Ubers, (laughs) and lifters, they're every day in their car and they're trying to find something to help them get through that day. They find a good podcast. That's two hours because, you know, in and out, you got to turn it off. You can't listen to somebody with somebody in your vehicle, right? (laughs) You got to turn me off. You got to turn me down from time to time. So, but so normally an hour podcast would probably take up sometimes in two hours. It can take up of you actually getting through it. You feel me? So this is special for them. The people out there in their vehicles, 
like Denzel Washington said in training day, you're in the office, baby. It's for you. I do it for you. Um, we got content. We are in the building. We and we are going to talk about everything or the things that are on the hot docket. Um, I did um, inform people that we are going to try to move to Clubhouse from now on. I just know that a lot of people want to call in and they rock with me. I'm learning that a few people rock with me and I'm trying to pay more attention to those people. But then I do got the. I want to give a platform to the people who think that they can challenge me. You know what I mean? Like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee would always say, you think you can beat me? Let's get in the ring. That's what a real bad motherfucker does. A bad motherfucker is not bad in certain settings. He's bad all the time. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And I want to have that form and that platform for people who don't agree with me to not feel like I'm catened off saying crazy things and you can't get at me. You guys see the reality TV show on YouTube, um, Me Against the World, when I'm moving around the city. So you guys see that, that, I don't, that I don't just talk about it, right? You guys see me walking in South Minneapolis. You see me walking in North Minneapolis. You see me walking in St. Paul on over there on Arcade Street. You guys see me moving around in these communities with a cameraman. You know what I'm saying? So I'm even drawing attention to myself. And still nobody's going to. And I'm not like some, like I said, I'm not some big, bad, tough guy. It's about just exuding, you know, that confidence. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. A lot of things happen in our life. Because we're pulling and we're attracting the negative aspects, the things that we think that we don't want, we actually live lives and we give off the energy that attracts those things to us, right? So I move around in positivity. I don't listen to too much hip hop. Sometimes I'll get in my hip hop bag, but for the most part, I listen to soul music. I listen to jazz. I listen to classical music. So that keeps my vibrations on a good way, right? I think positive thoughts. I spend a lot of my day laughing and trying to help people. So I'm not attracting a negative energy. So if negative energy does come my way, I'm not necessarily looking at it from an aspect of, oh, here this shit goes again. I'm looking at it from the aspect of I'm righteousness. And I know that there's evil in the world and there's going to be chances and there's going to be situations when I have to fight evil. I have to challenge evil. And that's just the job of the people that are righteous, the same way that the evil have to challenge the righteous. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. You just, you're ready for whatever life brings. And no matter what, you're going to find the growth. I, it bothers me sometimes when I hear people say, find the positivity in everything. Well, you can't find positivity in everything, but you can find growth. Um, so yeah, what's going on in the world out there? Like I said, we're going to be moving. Oh, that was the point. <laughs> we're going to be moving um, to Clubhouse so people can come in. You guys can call in. And we can kind of have our own little round table, especially for the people that's from Minnesota, my home state. But from everywhere, we're going to have our own round table. We can talk about the issues. You can bring the issues. Hey, Simba, what do you think about this? Freestyle. See, that's what a lot of podcasters and bloggers, they can't do. They can't freestyle their um, talents. They got to edit it. They got to chop it. They got to glue it. They got to cut it. They got to paste it. Right. They got to do a bunch of sprinkly shit to make it palatable for the people. You know what I'm saying? You know when sometimes food is over-seasoned? Like, bro, why is this shit so seasoned? Because I knew you wouldn't eat it in its raw form, right? You, did, you didn't take your time or you didn't know how to cook. Either way, what you prepared, you, you, you went heavy on the season because you're trying to mask the fact that it's nasty as fuck. And that's what I see with a lot of bloggers and podcasters. I'm like, oh, you got the glitz. You got the dope logo. You got the, you got the guests. You got all the glitz and the, ga- the glamour. But when I'm actually watching your podcast or listening to your podcast or watching your content, it's bland. <laughs> it's bland. And now, you, so all that seasoning that you're trying to put on it, 
It didn't work. Ah, uh, what else? Uh, what? 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 But now that we're here, like I said, we're going to be going to Clubhouse. I think the next episode, not 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 this episode, but next Monday, will we will be on Clubhouse taking callers, um, taking questions, engaging with the people. But as of right now, we're solo, dolo, and a polo. Um, we do got the chat rooms open. You know the normal shit. We got the chat rooms open. We got the call line numbers. You know, call in if you want to bring it. Let's go. Uh, Drake and Twenty One Savage drop another album. We got or drop a album, not another album, because this is their first one. Um, last album he did, he did with Future, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was the last um, collaborative album that Drake did was with Future, and that did great. So why not? If you're friends with Drake, I would be trying to get an album, right? If you're friends with Drake, and you're not trying to get a, a duet, a fucking some kind of something, nigga. Can we get a fucking, you know what I mean? Like something, Drake. We're friends. Can we put out like six song EP? If, I'm, if you're not trying to get an EP with Drake, you're slipping. But anyway... Um, her loss right now is taking over the charts. Academic is creaming in his fucking chair with his henny bottle. <laughs> this shit got Ak is creaming in his fucking chair with his henny bottle. That nigga's creaming in his dockers. That nigga's creaming in his slacks. Nigga, every tweet. This is the greatest shit. He called. Uh, he called little baby's album mid. <laughs> ooh, ooh. He said after all this mid. And that's when, see, that's when you know that Ak is in his bag. When he starts throwing them words around that hood niggas can understand the first time he says it. Like when that nigga said mids, nigga, you would have to be selling weed to understand what that meant. Yeah, you would have to be selling weed. Some niggas smoking it to understand, but I'm saying you would have to be selling weed. You know what I'm saying? When my niggas, when that uh, British Columbian weed came in from Canada, man, please, we was raping the game, baby. I'm just telling you a story. This isn't this. None of this is true. I'm making it all up. This is just for the entertainment of my podcast listeners. But back in the days, man, when that fucking British Columbia weed was coming into Minnesota, man, it was like crack for the niggas in California and, and, and in the black communities <laughs> in the 80s and the 90s. Nigga, when that British Columbian weed came through in the early 2000s, nigga, please, nigga, it was luxury. And then it and then it got stopped. And then they brought in some fucking mids. <laughs> they brought in some mids. And everybody was used to having the, yeah, I mean, and then here's this mids. So when I heard academics called all the music that has been released mids, and then he referred specifically to Lil Baby. That was a, act. see, sometimes I'd be like, act is soft. And then he just goes at a nigga's neck. And I'm like, there's something to that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you got to really be careful when you're trying to diagnose and trying to really get a bead on act. The nigga's wild. Because, like I said, he just jump out, nigga, little baby, your shit was mids. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, right, here we go. But um, Drake will do that to act, though. Drake, when Drake drops, act gets super, super emotional. And if, and if it's not good, now that's one thing that I will give act. If it's trash, act is going to say that it's trash. Act is not going to try to savor any relationships when he gives his critique on music, right? If, if Drake drops the album and it's trash, he's going to say it's trash. I think that he gave that Loverboy album a little bit too much love, you know, but that was the album where we've been waiting for Drake for a while, right? So we didn't want to scare him away. That's what we didn't want to do. We didn't want to say, Drake, you're trash. And then nigga says, oh, I'm, now I'm not dropping anymore. I'm doing love song. I'm doing movies or something. So we, we were a little bit nervous, but I don't think Ak gave that the true review up against, especially up against Kanye West. We know that Ak is way more a Drake type nigga than a Kanye West. So he sided. That's where I feel that the honesty kind of wavered a little bit when that battle was going on. When the battle between Drake and Kanye, um, what was it, Donda? Yeah, Donda and um, <clears throat> Loverboy. 
when those two albums were going head to head, I feel that Ag was a little bit biased, but usually Ag is on point. And he said that this Her Loss album was great. And when I was watching, I was driving. I'm like, oh, Ag's popping shit. So then I'm like, all right, let me let me start listening and see. I think Ag might be ball sucking Drake a little bit. You know what I mean? Because he did like five posts back to back. You know, usually you get a post, then you get about five hours and then another post, you know, a couple hours post. This nigga posted within three minutes, seven posts about how great this fucking Her Loss album was. So I was like, oh, shit, here goes Ack again, right? Ack's ball riding, Ack's ball driving. So I start listening to this shit, and what do you know? You know what I'm saying? These niggas did it again. 21 Savage, man. That nigga's, he's definitely fucking getting better um, as far as his musical capabilities, to me. His ability to get to do music, and he's still talking about the demonic killing shit, but I see his range chain changing like um what is it 3 a.m in westwood which is kind of like his rendition of drake's like 3 a.m in toronto when drake gives bars and it was funny it was actually a little bit funny for me to he for me to even think of 21 savage trying to get lyrical you know what i'm saying like oh i'm about to get lyrical so i was like okay 21 let me see and he did for him how 21 raps you can see like oh that nigga brought his pen out for this 3 a.m. Am I right? Everybody in the chat room, let me know if I'm saving the, saying the name of the song uh, wrong. Was it? Is it 3 a.m. in Westwood? Um, let me actually check just to make sure I don't fucking album's right here. Uh, 3 a.m. on Glenwood. There we go. Thank you. 3, 3 a.m. on Glenwood. Somebody must be from fucking Atlanta. I was just about to go check it, and then they came in in the chat room. They said 3 a.m. in Glenwood. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that 3 a.m. in Glenwood shows that 21 and he said real shit. He was and I don't know how real it is. I don't know the nigga personally, but I'm saying it felt like these weren't surface bars, like he was digging into himself and exposing his wounds. That's what I love in any artist, whatever you do, acting, rapping, drawing. Go inside of yourself and rip something out and put it on your art. Right. So I like that from 21 Savage. And as I start listening to more, Drake fucking killed that uh, middle of the ocean. God damn. That nigga killed that middle of the ocean with that, um, what was that beat? Was it like an Isaac Hayes beat or something? Drake be talking so much shit, man. And just when I'm getting on Drake's ass, right, just when his people, his Jewish people are out here fucking with my black people and I'm out here saying, man, what's up with Drake? Drake kind of embodies how fucking Jewish people feel towards my Negro people, right? Drake, you come from Canada. You haven't had a rough day as far as street nigga shit. You haven't dealt with the street nigga aspect of America. You might have had some you know, some Brussels sprouts that were overcooked, right? You might have, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 nigga. You might have had some fucking Leanne chins that was out a couple days too long. You know what I'm talking about? But you might have had no real nigga rough mayonnaise sandwich days, nigga, right? So for you to be void of living the black experience, the common black experience in America, and for you to fall so much in love with the street culture. Now, when Drake made his name, he made his name rapping to the ladies. And that was cool. It seemed, and that's what people kind of liked about Drake. It was like, he, he knows he's not a tough guy. He's rapping about what he's living. He's rapping the life that he knows. He's a light-skinned, pretty boy-looking nigga from Canada. I'm sure he has a, had a lot of encounters with women. I'm sure he is a very emotional guy when it comes to being in relationships with women. 
So that was real. It was authentic. Like I said, give us a piece of you in your art. But then Drake started to take this dive. And I think it kind of came with the more that he was known to be with Jay Prince. Once it came out, the mob ties, Jay Prince, and they started to make this, this, um, they started to make this illusion of who they were. We see now, right? Mob ties can't be real if what happened to take off happened to take off under mob ties watch, right? And that doesn't mean anything other than it shouldn't have got there under mob ties rules. And, and I know Jay Prince would say, nigga, shit like this has even happened to the mob, nigga. There's been times when the mob rules didn't work so good and somebody ended up getting clipped and it wasn't supposed to happen. True. True. Right? That's very, very true. But the situation that comes following is what determines if you're mob tied or not. Right? It's not, it's not the situation. It's what do we do going forward? That determines if we're mob tied. So, and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in Houston, so I'm not to gonna, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know like boots on the ground shit. Things are weird is all I'm saying. Uh, Jay Prince start, he unfollowed Quavo. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Jay Prince unfollowed Quavo. And I hate saying shit like that. Cause it's like, nigga, that's Twitter. Nigga, niggas is going through real shit. Niggas is shutting down accounts. Niggas real life shit going on. Nigga, I don't give a fuck why I unfollowed. You feel me? But then he followed him back. It just seems weird. It just seems weird like something is going on between that QC and that Mob Ties camp that is being um, hidden, trying to be hidden. But I think it will resurface. But anyway, let's get back on her loss. Drake in 21. Drop this fucking album. It's great, by the way. Great, great, great. Great album. This is kind of what people wanted from Drake as far as content. I mean, Drake was talking about Serena Williams' man while they're still together. Drake... Drake. Yeah, can you imagine being Serena Williams? And he's a fan. Drake, you's a boy, Drake, you was a slimy, light-skinned nigga, ain't you? Nigga, he's a fan. So you know he's getting the album. It's not something where it's like, nigga, I don't listen to Drake, so like ain't no way I'm gonna hear it. No, he's a fan. He couldn't wait to get the album like everybody else. It was him and academics in the front line at Best Buy, waiting to get the Drake shit. And just to get dissed. Because he's fucking Serena and Drake wants to still fuck Serena. Serena must have some good ass pussy, huh? God, love her. All the bitches out here, this nigga Drake is stepping over lines. Nigga, you crossing lines, my G. Yeah, that's lines. We got mad at Irv Gotti for this, didn't we? We got mad at Irv Gotti because Irv Gotti was tripping over Ashanti and, and he was putting it public in his shows. And everybody's like, Irv, that's not too player. But then here comes Drake and Drake can do it and it's still player, right? This nigga said, your man's a fan, and he thinks, and I'm still fucking you, and I'm still picking you up, and you're sucking on my tennis racket. Oh, whoa, 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 my nigga. Then the nigga said something about um, Megan the Stallion. You know, I do think, just because me, me being a person who wrote raps, I understand what Drake was doing with that bar. I'm not going to say the nigga wasn't coming at Megan the Stallion. I'm saying I can see how he wouldn't be. I can see how he was trying to use a clever line, and sometimes in the pursuit, of cleverness when you're writing as an MC, you you go too far. And believe me, when Drake wrote that line and he hit the period, when Drake hit the period button, he knew, oh damn, this is too far. But sometimes you're so impressed with what you've done, you're like, let me put it out anyway and let the people let the people let it be what it is. There's gonna be some people that say I was coming at Megan. There's gonna be some people that say no, they're looking too deep in it. But what I do know is this is a dope ass fucking bar I just came up with. Yeah, this shit is dope to me. That shit made me giggle and laugh. Ooh, 
So I'm putting that on the album and letting people sit with it. That's what art is about. So for me, I don't know if Drake was coming at Megan personally, like the Brazilian butt lift. It sounds like it was just a real, he was saying so much slick shit on this album. So many double and triple entendres. And man, I'm like, Drake, whoa, how are you doing this still? Usually niggas get tired and fed up with hip hop, especially the hip hop game as it is now. It's not ultra competitive. But that nigga was coming with some shit where I had to scratch my head. Wait a second, Drake. Wait, wait, what did you say? And I love that. When Drake can do that, I love it. You know, so, but getting back to Drake. And see, you guys see I'm giving an honest critique of the album. Great fucking album. Drake's a great artist. He's the GOAT. He's the fucking GOAT. Right now, Drake is the GOAT. Drake is to this generation what Jay-Z was to the generation prior and what Tupac was to my generation. Drake is that right now, okay? I'm not going to fucking play around. But just because I feel like that doesn't mean I can't speak real. You guys know Simbali and We Got Content Podcast, right? We got yeah, I tell you guys all the time. If I like you, that doesn't mean I can't speak real about the foul shit that you do. And just because I don't like you doesn't mean I can't highlight and give you credit for the good shit that you do. So Drake, dope album, Her Laws, 21 Savage. When it comes to music, Drake is the fucking GOAT. But still... With all this going on with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West and the Jewish community, it does make me look at Drake being the number one Jewish selling artist in history. Jews have never had a, a, a rapper, right? Drake is the first Jewish rapper, megastar, right? I'm, I don't, you don't have to educate me about third base and you don't have to educate me about the Beastie Boys. And then I'm talking about real megastar that has got hip hop in a headlock. The Beastie Boys didn't have hip hop in a headlock, right? MC Search and Third Base didn't have hip-hop in a headlock. Not rap-wise, anyway. Okay. You see, business-wise, Searchlight Publishing, right? So business-wise, yes, they did have the game in a headlock, nigga, Searchlight Publishing. But I'm talking about hip-hop-wise, right? But th that's their first Jewish star, and what is he doing? Does Drake speak up about any issues that are going on in the black community? No. Does Drake um, perpetuate gang ideology and criminality? Yes. He does. Does Drake need to? Because some people will say, well, when you come from that, that's what you rap about. That's their excuse with the black ones that come from our community, with the Negroes and the African-Americans, the blacks, whatever you want to call them, that come from our community. They say that's all they know. So that's what they're going to rap about. Well, Drake knows nothing about that. And he's continuing to put that out there for sensationalized um, music, musical aspirations. Right. He's trying to sensationalize and put music out there from a perspective that he knows nothing about. He doesn't know where it started. He doesn't know the cause of it. He doesn't know the feeling of burying somebody that you grew up playing outside red light, green light with. He doesn't know the feeling of bullets coming through your window. Mom has to grab you, get down at night. Right. He doesn't know these feelings. He's he started to lose friends in the music business once he started to get involved in that shit. That's how the people, you know, when. Drake could have stayed totally clear of gang violence if he wanted to. A lot of black people don't have that option to choose to say, no, I don't want to do this. So I do. It, it does make me wonder about. If Drake does embody how the Jewish and not every Jewish person, how a section, how a majority. That's what I'll start saying. I want to be correct when I'm speaking, how a majority of Jewish people feel about black culture. And black history in this country, our history, our culture, our pain, our lineage, our tragedy, our triumph. 
Everybody's crying over their story. Jewish people get real offended over their story, and they don't want anybody to bring up the Holocaust. But it's funny how they play with the remnants of slavery in America, right? They don't want us to talk about the Holocaust, but they have no problems putting young black boys and young black women that reflect the, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? They have no problem putting young black men and young black boys and young black women on television who reflect the leftovers of racism in America. This is what happens when we put people on boats, have them pick cotton, cater them off into small poor communities, throw Jim Crow after they develop themselves in the reconstruction era era. We hit them with Jim Crow and all these kind of KKK things that terrorize them psychological warfare. Right? So when you see the gangsters and you see Megan twerking and you see this black culture now, then people are like, damn, why is there so much pain in this culture? Why is there so much tragedy? Why is there so much hurt? Why is there so much anger, violence and criminality in this culture? Well, there's a story behind that. And for the Jewish community to play with that the way that they do, but the yet a black person raises his hand and says something about Jews, just Jews. I'm not saying kill them, burn them, slap them, hit them. I'm just saying I think that black people, and since we come from Africa, we have to be more connected to the true Jews than the ones that come from Europe where there wasn't even a Hebrew religion at all. So just saying that makes you want to hurt me and pull me off. And we're going to talk about that too. Take my money and all this thing. What Kyrie Irving is going through is just insane. But what's more insane is the black people that are sitting around letting it happen. That's what's insane. It's not insane for you to get in a fight in school. Where are your friends, motherfucker? That's what's the problem. Where's the Christians at? That's, that's how you know Jesus ain't on shit. It's over for Jesus. Nigga, where's the Christians? In any other, in any walk of life, if you mess with somebody, their gang is going to defend them right or wrong. When the bloods come to their defense of a blood gang member, they don't go asking the Crips, well, what did he do? Right? Does that ever happen? I'm, I'm trying to bring it down. I'm trying to break it down so you guys understand. We don't give a fuck about what he did. You ain't got no business fucking with him like that. You know, you should have. There's a different way that you should deal with him for what he did. He stole a bag of chips. So you killed him? Nah, fam, we ain't dealing with that. So it's not about that Jewish people say, hey, we want to talk with Kyrie. We want to talk with Kanye. We want to have dialogue with these guys about, you know, how they're feeling about our community. And if there is a disconnect, let's bridge that gap. They're not saying that. They told Kyrie he has to pick six barrels of cotton. They gave him a list. Yeah, this nigga Kyrie a list. You got to pick six barrels of cotton. You got to be tarred and feathered. You got to, nigga, fuck are you talking about? You got to go out there and pick 10 tobacco plants. Yeah, you got to clean Massa's shed. You got to clean Miss Millie's shed. You got to buck dance for a week. These sound like slave shits for running off the plantation. Like what? But again, fine. Where are we at as black people to defend this and put our arms around Kanye and Kyrie and say enough is enough? Big shout outs to Floyd Mayweather who spoke out. I put it on my page. Floyd came out. That's what I mean. The big platforms. Do you realize that there's zero platforms in Minnesota speaking out in defense of Kyrie and Kanye West? Do you realize that? Only we got Kanye. That's it. Live on Lake Street, Waterway, but those are white guys with beards. I'm trying to figure out if Waterway and Live on Lake Street, if they're Jewish-owned entities. 
Jake Faircloth sounds like a pretty Jewish name. I don't know. Water wave, beware of white guys with beards. But so we know they're not going to speak on behalf of the black community. We know they're not going to say, hey, man, things are come on, guys. But where are the other bloggers? Where are the other platforms? Right. I told you guys I've been dealing with this shit. What Kanye and Kyrie are dealing with now, I was dealing with probably about three, four years ago when I really started to get in this bag and talk and address the gangbangers and address gang violence. Everybody ran away and started to get scared. Even back then, I was talking about Jewish people. I would talk about anything. I would talk about anybody that's hurting our community. I don't give a fuck who you are. Blood, Crip, GD, Vice Lord, BD, Latin King, Jewish, white, police. If you're attacking our communities purposely, if you're exploiting our communities purposely, if you're misleading our communities purposely, I'm on your fucking ass. What are you talking about? And that's been the stance of my podcast. Now, while police brutality was the big clickbait issue, I was going in the black community. I'm, I told you guys, you guys can see me moving through the black communities all day, every day. And I was telling you guys that police brutality is not the real issue when I move around black communities. I don't see people scared to come outside talking about, oh, my God, the police are going to come through here and do something to us. They are scared to come outside, but it's for a different element. And for that element to keep moving without anybody saying, hey, man, these is the niggas that's scaring grandma and the kids. These are the niggas that are making our communities inhospitable. These are the people that are driving the price of our real estate down so our neighborhoods can be regentrified. Y'all are doing it, not the police. The police's job, they're stupid. They're dumb, beat-walking cops. Their job is to catch criminals. The dumb guy running out the store with a fake 20 stealing cigarettes. That's who they catch. They're not, they're not here to stop um, industry. They can't stop us from putting up movie theaters and airports. That's not their... They, come on, guys. Let's stop this. And the same thing that happened with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West now happened to me back then all my friends would I, i'm telling you when it comes to minnesota i know all the big dogs all the big bloggers all the people that got big sites anybody that has a big page in minnesota from minnesota if they got a big platform they got a big page they got thousands and thousands of followers i know them i either know them from back in the days i probably whooped their ass when i was a kid or um when the street kings got popping they were probably around me then right so I know these guys. So for me to be having this like ostracized feeling where it's like, damn, why am I way over here? I see all you guys hanging out together. But for some reason, you guys just won't share. You won't like or nothing. My comment. But you know what the niggas do do? They come in my DMs and try to they can't have intellectual conversations with people in their circle. Right. The people that I grew up with from the West Bank, the people that used to drive in that Street Kings van with me, my family with the same last name. They can't have interesting conversations with people in their household, people in their circle. So they constantly DM me trying to have these. And I, and I engage with them just because that's me. I have these long, drawn-out conversations, and I'm talking them through situations, and I'm giving them my energy because they don't have somebody that can think outside the box. But they won't post my shit on their page. They never do. They'll just come in my DMs. I'll, help, I'll, I'll be a therapist for them, basically. And then they'll go on about their day. They'll post things from Gilly the Kid, a million dollars worth of game. They'll post these other podcasts. They'll post all this other stuff, and they'll stay away from me. 
And what I understood was I used to think, oh, this is an accident. They just don't know. Then I started to realize, no, they do know. Simba, their way of saying they don't like your content. I don't like what you said. I don't like what you're doing. We're going to ignore you. That's the way we're going to do. We're going to ignore you and totally just take you off our radar so we don't see your negative energy. Negative energy. I love the black community. What's the negative energy? I'm speaking out. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about out intelligently about things that I'm seeing in the community. If you disagree, I'm saying let's have a conversation. I'm not taking my ball and going home. I'm not doing what the Jewish people are doing and cutting into your guys' money. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm just saying this is what I feel. So a lot of people are surprised and shocked at what Kanye and Kyrie are going through. Uh-uh, not me. Happened with every last person I know. They ran, they got bitch assed. I was looking for them to say, hey, can y'all, can somebody, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my friends, people from music, can somebody put their arm around me and say, y'all back up off him? You know what I'm saying? Like, can y'all back up off of somebody? He's a good brother, man. The same thing that Kanye needed, the same thing that Kyrie needed for the black community to say, I don't, I'm not talking about what he did. I know he didn't hurt anybody. That's one thing I do know that Kyrie didn't do. That's one thing I do know that Kanye didn't do. That's one thing I know that Simba didn't do. He didn't hurt anybody. So for you guys to be treating him like this and coming at him like this, we're not going to let it happen. But that didn't happen with me. I had only cousins that would have their children coming in my comment section. <laughs> it got ugly with me, man. The last, the, man, I'm telling you, got so ugly. I had nephews. I had cousins. I had children's of cousins. My cousins... The kids were coming in my comment section talking nuts. Nephews talking nuts. Cousins talking nuts. Talking about, oh, don't argue with him. This is what one of my cousins actually said to another one of my cousins. Don't argue with him. You got a beautiful black woman and a beautiful black business. He's divorced now. I don't know how his business is doing. And that's not the point. The point is, what? You going to say that about skates? Like, damn, it got ugly with me. And this is the same thing that's happening with Kyrie. Nobody's coming and saying enough. We don't do that. We have this thing on the plantation of when they bring the slave back, we look at them and say, well, see, we told you not to run. I told you to just not talk back to Massa. I told you. And they did. When the slave was saying, man, I'm finna tell Massa, kiss my ass. I ain't picking shit. When the slave was telling the other slaves, man, I'm about to dip off this plantation. They was like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Their fears, their insecurities, they're trying to throw on the slave that they can see doesn't want to be a slave. His spirit will not allow him to be a slave. He would rather die than to be a slave sitting around with you guys, dancing, acting like everything is okay on this fucking plantation. It's not okay on this plantation. I'm going to say something. Ooh, uh oh, oh, uh oh. And what's bad with me is the, and that's when I realized that, yeah, I think Live on Lake Street and Water Wave must be Jewish controlled um hip-hop platforms because those are the only two pe people that i kind of said fuck y'all fuck y'all and it kind of the lights went out you know so i'm like who did i diss i didn't really diss we don't have anybody in minnesota we don't have the puffies we don't have the jay-z's we don't have the ti's we don't have the ice cubes we don't have the people where it's like oh you say their names they can make it hard for you so i'm like who the fuck's name did i say oh i forgot i did say george floyd let me remember let me remember. I, I did say fuck george floyd black lives matter that's too too so. Yeah, I got, a, I got a tendency of speaking out from the plantation, nigga, as a person on it. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, I'm not no motherfucker coming here visiting. Nigga, fuck you talking about? So anyway, 
like I said, it was really good to see Floyd Mayweather speak out on behalf of the brother. It felt good to know that there's one. So there's one, and then there's me. There's me, and there's Floyd Mayweather. I think Charleston White down south. So CW, me, and fucking Floyd Mayweather were the only ones that's kind of like, leave him alone, leave him alone. All the other black people, fuck Shaq, man. Shaq's old lady Eloise ass. Fucking Shaq. Fuck you, Shaq. I'll get the, I'll call the Main Street Crips and, I'll call Stutterbox, nigga, and have him, nigga, I get mad at Shaq when it's just to see niggas do that. Get on live TV. Man, don't ask me. I don't really want to talk about that. Why can't you say that? It was like Ernie was queuing up Kenny and queuing up Charles Barkley and queuing up Shaq. Come on, you know what you're supposed to do, guys. Buck dance. Tell him he's a bad nigga for running off the plantation. Why can't y'all just say, man, I don't want to talk about this. Ernie, you can go ahead and talk about it if you want. I'm going to wait till we talk about sports. Something. They couldn't wait to call him an idiot. They couldn't wait to do everything that their bosses told them that they should do if they want to still be Lady Eloise. That's all they is. Shaq don't own all them fucking businesses. He's Lady Eloise. That doesn't mean he ain't making millions and millions of dollars. He's making good money off it, but them ain't his corporations. He can't go in and hit the light switch, say, everybody get the fuck out of here. It's over. Nah, nah, nah. He's Lady Eloise, nigga. Y'all remember Boomerang? <laughs> Y'all remember Boomerang? When <laughs> yeah. Eddie Murphy fucked Lady Eloise, and he was like, nigga, that's Lady Eloise. She runs the company. And Robin Givens had to tell him, nigga, it's a board. Lady Eloise ain't ran shit in 20 years. She's the face of the company. She's the face. So you would buy it, so your mom would buy it. You know, your mom, Eddie Murphy was like, my mom had everything from Lady Eloise. Yeah, that was why we chose Lady Eloise, motherfucker. And that's why Papa John's put Shaq's big, ball-headed, fat, big-lipped, nigger-looking ass on the things. This motherfucker fucked around and said, fuck all niggers. I don't want you niggers eating my pizza. And then went and got Shaq. Shaq, Shaq said, I'll make it better. Why would you think Shaq would say, nigga, I'm not fucking with your pizza either. See what I'm saying? But Shaq has always been like this. Even back in the LSU days, the nigga, he didn't know who he was. He's a big, stupid, dumb, tall athlete. That's all he is. You big dummy. We yeah, I don't care. You can jump high. You can break backboard. You're a basketball player, nigga. You're not fucking smart, you stupid motherfucker. If you were smart, you wouldn't have left Kobe. You would have won nine rings, nigga, you big stupid motherfucker. I don't like Shaq anymore. He was my favorite player coming up. I don't like Shaq and LeBron James. Fuck LeBron James too, man. Let's keep it real. Yeah, this nigga's over here schmoozing with the Jewish community too, man. Fuck you, LeBron, you motherfucker. You niggas, all my heroes are falling, man. I'm getting a new batch of heroes. I'm burning all my Nikes and my Adidas. I'm getting a new batch of heroes. Floyd Mayweather, Kyrie Irving, Kanye West. We're the new free thinkers. We're th all you niggas that want to stay on the plantation and just keep eating chitlins and keep singing your Negro spirituals, hoping for Jesus to fall out the sky and free us. It's time for all you niggas to fucking die. Yeah, I'm with Kanye. I'm with Kyrie. I'm with Floyd. I'm with Charleston White. I'm with the free niggas that's saying we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. Black people, why don't we play the game too? Yeah, you want to make Kyrie... Do all of this shit. You want to pull all this Kyrie's money. Why don't we stop spending with those corporations? Anything with a Jewish fucking thing attached to it, we're not spending. How about that? See, that's what I think. I don't let somebody push me around. I think I want to swing back. I want to punch back. Oh, so you're going to play like this with Kyrie and Kanye. You're going to mess with their money. We can mess with your money, too. We spend $12 billion a year on Jewish products that are endorsed by Unix. Black male eunuchs in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have already been broken. Ex-basketball players, ex-rappers, 
ex-CEOs of record labels. All these old black niggas that's been broken and their dicks have been chopped off. Now they get powerful, influential positions to tell us what we're supposed to be doing. Man, fuck them and fuck you. I'm not buying anything that got the face of a black dickless nigga on it with a Jewish person behind him. We only shop in real Afrocentric. So any company that wasn't saying we stand with Kyrie, any company that didn't say we stand with Kanye West, we're not shopping with you. You know how penny pension Jewish people are. You know, you hurt that bottom line. You know what that would be? You want to see a Jewish person squirm? Don't say nothing on the Internet. That's why I don't do this podcast. I don't think the Jewish people get bothered by me talking on my podcast. They're not bothered by what Kyrie said. They're bothered because it's going to affect their bottom line. They think that certain people are going to, they're going to lose the market if this gets out. That's what they see. How can this affect our bottom line if Kyrie starts talking this stuff? If people do go watch H2N2 and come to the realization that we're not the real Jews, that could affect our bottom line. We don't care about people thinking we're the real, real Jews or not. We care about the financial stranglehold we have on America and not only America, the world. Because we claim to be the true Jews. That's what it's about. The financial um, authority and wherewithal and position that we have in the planet. Because we call ourselves the Jews. It's not that we really, we know we're not the Jews, man. We're from Europe. It's from Africa. Do you guys understand that? But it's about the money. So that's what we want to play with. We, we need to get out of our feelings and stop start fucking with their money. That's why our ancestors like Martin Luther King and the ones before were smart enough to boycott. But who told them to do that? That was the Jews. You see, Martin Luther King wanted to keep going around singing and marching and, oh, we shall overcome. The Jews said, why don't you do a bus boycott? That was the Jews' plan. The Jews understood, hey, man, why don't you affect their bottom line? But why would the Jew tell the Negro to do that? Because they slid in back door. <laughs> they slid in right with their own Jewish bus companies. <laughs> hey, black guy. They're not letting you ride the bus. You should boycott. Yeah, you should boycott those motherfuckers. They won't let us ride the bus either. Boycott them. They'll go out of business. We'll start the Jewish companies and we'll let you sit in the middle of the bus. How about that? Can't sit in the front of the bus. No, we can't sit in the front of the bus, but you can sit in the middle. You were in the back. How about you sit in the middle? So you mean we're going to start this whole boycott for you and we're still not going to get to sit in the middle? Yeah, man, I don't understand. Jewish people are very, very crafty how they use the Negro. How they use the Negro is very, very crafty. I got to give him credit for that, if anything else. Uh, what else is popping off? Yes, I fucking, you know, I had to I talk my shit, man. I got to talk my, my shit to anybody. Like I said, if you're fucking with my people, then I'm going to talk about you. That's just what it is. Um, but all in all, back to them bouncing kind of back and forth here, aren't I? But the Her Lost album is dope. I do like that. So even though Drake pretty much embodies how Jewish people feel about black people, Something to play around with. They just play around with it. The album's dope. Fuck it. Um, did 21 Savage ever get cleared about that visa program shit? Him being on ICE and have... Because that is a fact. If you're on the U visa program with ICE, you do have to sign that document that says that you're willing to testify. That's the only reason why you're in this country. Can't You're not an American. Okay? You're a foreigner. So if you're going to be in this country, you have to be on a leash. That we can pull and say, hey, what happened over there? If you refuse, now we're not telling you you have to do this, but if you don't do this, you got to go back to Great Britain. 21. I see 21 is still over here making music. So, again, these are the things that I wonder about. 
for somebody that's preaching such a demonic message of gun violence and gang violence that normally would be attributed to the pain from slavery. It hurt me when I found out that 21 Savage has zero slave blood. He doesn't have any people that pick cotton. So why do you got a chopper in your hand? Why didn't you go to college? Why did you get in the streets? He got in the streets like Drake. That's why him and Drake, I think, are so tight. Because he did what Drake didn't have the balls to do. Drake was like, I'm not jumping off the porch in Memphis with them crazy niggas. I might get shot in the ass. 21 actually did it. He jumped off the porch. He grabbed his chopper and he started clapping at niggas. But he didn't have to. There was no reason. He did it because cool. And he did it because I almost think that he was, he's a smart nigga where he's like, I want to be a rapper. And I'm going to be a demonic rapper that talks about shooting and killing and doing drive-by, sliding and making murder scenes, murderer, murderery. So he, like I said, he had, what is that called? Foresight. I'm going to go get it in the streets and then I'm going to perfect my rap crap. So when I start rapping, this shit niggas will know it's official. Yeah, this shit gets deep, man. This shit gets very, 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 very deep. <sighs> but uh, Megan is all mad. Everybody's saying they fucked her. The the baby then came out and said he fucked Megan the Stallion. Now you got Drake throwing his shots on the album. It's a rough. It's been a rough couple fucking few weeks for Megan the Stallion. I'll tell you that. She needs to drop some something fast. She needs to drop a twerk video or something where people can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love Megan again. Because right now it's pretty tough on her. We're questioning if Tory Lane shot her. You know, now she's being drugged through the music on one of the most hottest albums of the summer or of the winter. Sorry, fall, whatever it is. It's not really snowing in Minnesota, so it's hard to gauge. You still go outside and be them 60-degree days. You're like, motherfucker, is it spring? Uh, speaking of Minnesota, shout-out to the Minnesota Vikings for kicking the Washington Commanders' ass. Yeah. So I don't watch the Vikings. I told you guys, I don't watch them this year. Normally, I do. This year, I haven't been watching the Vikings, and they've been doing good. What are we, 6-1 and one now? Fucking 6-1 and one now. So now I don't watch them still. That's, that's, what, that's how much of a true Vikings fan I am. I haven't been watching them, and they're doing good. So not what you think. I'm going to start tuning in and watching them and fuck up the streak? No. I'm going to continue to watch Law & Order. When the Vikings come on, I turn to Law & Order. I'll switch back and just peek, but then I'll turn to Law & Order. I'm not going to sit and watch the game and root and cheer, wear my jersey, none of that shit. Why? Because they've been doing good without me. They've been doing good without me. Me being over here, not watching, they've been doing good. So I get superstitious. I'm not going to fuck up the juju. I'm not going to fuck up the mojo. So fuck it, man. Vikings keep kicking ass. I will not watch. Even if it's the Super Bowl, still not going to watch. That's how much of a loyal Vikings fan. If we get to the Super Bowl, I'm not watching the game because I want us to win it. I'll celebrate in the streets on Washington Avenue when we win. Yeah, when we win, I'll be on Washington Avenue walking up and down past Bobby and Steve's. <laughs> I'll be walking past Bobby and Steve's, past the liquor depot, past the fucking Viking Stadium. I'll be over there turning the fuck up when we win. Until that day, I'm going to be watching Law & Order. You got them right. I'm watching Law & Order. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too much pain. Even that, the commanders, what do we win? 20 to 17? Fuck. We can't just blow a fucking team out, can we? Fuck, man. 20 to 17 to the Washington commanders with no running back, no wide receiver, no coach, and no quarterback. <laughs> like, we Come on, man. It's tough being a Vikings fan. But again, like I said, I'm watching from the nosebleeds. All right, guys. Like I said, I just wanted to chime in. I just want every fucking Monday, you guys are going to be getting your episode. What you do with it is on you. But every Monday, you're going to be getting my thoughts, my views, and opinions on what's going on in the world. Um, It is election time, so make sure you vote. Make sure you, we get... Isn't that weird? We You can tell people don't know shit, do they? Yeah. How about this, people? Think about this. Everybody that listens to my podcast, before we close out today, think about this. 
how strong would it be if the American public told whoever, the, the, the president, the governor, or the mayor, if you want us to vote for you, shorten this fucking work week up. How about that? How about that? See, that's how you can tell that we're idiots. Hey, we're going to taxes. Taxes? I don't know about that. I don't feel taxes. We're going to get the GOP. We're going to get the GOP. What is these? The Dow Jones? What? What are you guys talking about? Healthcare? What? How about this? This election year, it's probably too late for this election year, yeah? Next election year. Next election year, can people make shortening the work week? A, a, a issue, a political issue to run on. Man, listen, you want me to vote for you? Cut this fucking work week. The work week should go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's it. Thursday should, it should be over. Friday, Saturday, Sunday should be ours. Now, if you can do that, you get my vote. See now? Now we can start doing things where we look up, damn, nigga, look, we got short. Yeah, if you bargain... You keep letting these motherfuckers knock on your door and get something as powerful and as important as your vote. Your vote. When you circle this one, this one, that is power, fam. You're going to give that because of taxes? Health care? Fucking, what the the fuck are they be talking about when the political talk? We are going to bring the tax. I don't give a fuck about that shit. I want my work week cut from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We, we need to start doing that. Um, like the shit we care about is average everyday people. We need to be talking, man. Say fuck that shit. Keep your taxes. Keep your health care. Keep all your little lobbies. We coming up with new lobbies. Yeah, we want this and we want this. God, they're still running on wants of a people from like the 1700s. Can you guys believe that? When they when they come out of an election time and they say, I'm going to drop taxes and I'm going to do that. These are the same slogans that the people used when they wore white wigs on their head. When George Washington was president. It, the same thing. We're going to lower taxes. Oh, we're going to health care. We're going to do, we're going to, shut up, man. You're not going to do any of that shit. And I don't, frankly, I don't care if you do it or if you don't. Somebody's going to do it. Somebody will make a business and do it. You know, it's not, not those times anymore. If something's not there, some guy will make it and he'll profit. I don't need to worry about health care. I'll be healthy. How about that? Preach health and you don't have to worry about health care. Taxes. I don't care about the taxes. As long as they're pennies and, you know, what, as long as they're pretty much what they've been since America's been around, keep it. I don't care about that. I do want this fucking work week to change. I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired of getting out of my bed on a fucking Friday. I want to stay in my fucking bed. Okay. Let's get real, guys. Let's get on some real good shit. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I'm. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. I put a lot of things in my. Um, I got a lot of different categories that I put uh a lot of my topics in. So I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. And then I go see it on Instagram. I'm like, fuck! I wanted to talk about that and I missed it. You guys going to see Black Panther? Anybody out there going to see the new Black Panther? Not me. Fuck you. Fuck that shit, man. It's 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 eh. They got me the first time, but you're not going to get me again, you motherfuckers. You're not going to get me again with the Black Panther, whole Wakanda. Fuck them African niggas over there, man. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. They never came back and fought for their fucking people. They let them white boys come take us, take some niggas, put them on the boats, make them pick cotton, and no African ship showed up for war. I didn't see one African ship pull up to the shores 
of New York with red, black, and green fucking drums banging, talking about you better give us our people back. So I don't give a fuck Africa. How about that? Until they can uni- until they can unify. Until they can unify and overthrow South Africa and then come get us over here. Fuck Africa. They want to show up 400 years later with a briefcase full of watches. Nigga, I know what time it is. Okay? Fuck you. Nigga, I'm sorry. I went on a rant. Anyway, um, Aaron Carter, rest in peace, Aaron Carter. Damn, that I thought he was going to. Every day I seen Aaron Carter, I thought it was going to be his last day. He just had that look in his eye. He just had that fucking look in his eye like, fam, too fast. Too fast, too willy nilly, too too much, man. Too much, too much drugs. That's what. Let's, okay, let's say what it is. I tried to keep it real. I tried to keep it cool and PC. Too much drugs, nigga. That nigga was on way too many drugs to to make it. Fam, you're gonna mix a X with a Y with a Z, and you're not gonna be here anymore, motherfuckers. And then it caught up to him. I think that's how motherfuckers be wanting to go anyway. I think when dope fiends overdose, and I'm not calling Aaron Carter a dope fiend. I'm just saying when. People who are addicted to drugs, overdose, that's how they want to go. That's why I don't understand why people come back crying and shit. DMX, uh, he went how he wanted to go. Nigga, why do you think that he kept doing drugs? He wanted to get higher and higher and higher, nigga. Well, the highest that you can go is death, motherfucker. The highest you can go is death. They don't get no higher than death. So, nigga, fuck you talking about, nigga. That's how they wanted to go. Let, leave them niggas alone. Let them go how they wanted to go. Rest in peace. The rest in power, I'll say to Aaron Carter, man. He does leave a child. That's what's sad, is that a child has to grow, grow up without a father. That's where I get sentimental, and that's where I want to cry, and I turn into a little bitch when I start thinking of the kid. Because the kid, no matter how wild he is, needs his dad. Or is it a daughter? The child needs its father. The child needs its mother child needs its parents so that's where i start being like fuck man that's fucked up for his child but as far as for him if he didn't have a child man listen if i'm a football player and i die on the football field i die doing what i wanted to do do you guys get it you guys understand it so nigga, i don't feel sorry i celebrate the life that they had and 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 salute them and congratulate them that they made it to a place where people are talking about them all around the world ain't nobody talking about me around the world i still got work to do Right. Uh, what else is going on? Boxer got caught. Oh, shit. Former heavyweight boxer charged with trafficking over one billion dollars in cocaine. God. damn! God damn. That nigga was moving heavyweight. That nigga was moving real heavyweight. They said he was a former heavyweight boxer. No, he was a current heavyweight boxer. OK, <laughs> that nigga was a current heavyweight boxer he had heavyweight nigga one billion dollars in cocaine he wasn't featherweight he wasn't lightweight nah nah he wasn't moving middleweight that nigga was moving heavyweight damn nigga shit ain't paying off nigga shit just ain't paying off the way that it used to you know what i mean you think these niggas are rich these niggas ain't rich man these niggas is just nigga wealthy most niggas is nigga wealthy even if you've seen the deal that gilly and wallow sign where they start crying and singing the DJ Khaled song and they cry like every all their problems have been answered. Nigga, well, nigga, the niggas will be back in three years, nigga, trying to get some more money, trying to get Drake on a fucking. It never stops, man. It never stops because we're not distributing. That's what our problem is. The problem is not in the ownership anymore. The problem is not in the creation. The problem is in the distribution. We do not distribute anything that we produce. We use Jewish companies to distribute. 
That's their power. Just a little gem from Simbali here. We got content podcast. All right, I don't see too many things going on in the world. I think we're going to go ahead and pull out. What do we do, about an hour? Good hour. Yeah, that should, that should. I try to be here for my people. Like I said, I try to give you at least an hour's worth of good work to help you get through your Monday, the worst day. Um, hopefully, we can eventually get this day um, eradicated. Like I said, even chop Monday off. Fuck it. Let's go f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Go back to work Tuesday. You figure it out. I just only want, I don't want to go back. Now, me, I'm talking, of course. I'm a, I'm a free-driving nigga. You know, I'm not no nigga that punches no time clock. I'm a free driving nigga. I drive all around in my fucking cargo van. I do what I want to do. But I remember what it was like to be that person. You know what I'm saying? Me, I can do what the fuck I want to do. I just drive around, pick up shit, and listen to shit, and have fun. And I've made it. It wasn't always like this. I had to start at a gas station, okay? I had to, I had to start my journey at a gas station. Everybody was coming in the gas station. And this was after I was in one of the biggest and most renowned rap groups to come out of Minnesota. I was in a gas station after that. After it all fell apart, I had to start back at base one, a gas station. Niggas was coming in the gas station. Hey, ain't you Malcolm from Street Kings? Yeah, nigga, do you want leaded or unleaded? What do you want, some cigarettes? You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't you Malcolm from Street Kings, nigga? Yes. It's me. Wearing this fucking BP button up. What? Would you like some gas, sir? Would you like lottery tickets, nigga? That's humbling. I mean, so I understand, but I'm just talking about people that I still know are in that day to day fucking rut that would really like it. We got to start making these politicians give us something we want. Stop mudslinging, talking about abortion. He's going to not let kids come into shut up. It's too many people already. We need the fuck are you talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, fuck about that. That's a woman's issue. Women should get together and decide what to do with abortions. Why are you playing this on my man, on my, my man station? Feel me? So, nah, man. Um, who else? Somebody just said that rap is the most dangerous job. I think Wack 100 might have said that. You guys got to stop this shit, man. Rappers do not have the most dangerous jobs. Nigga. Try being that guy that has to scuba dive and get a wrecked ship from the bottom of the ocean. Okay? Try being him. Try being the guy that has to get wreckage from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Try being that guy. That's the hardest job in the world. Try being the guy that has to clean the windows on the Eiffel Tower. Or the Empire State Building. Or the new Twin Towers. Those guys got a hard job. You way up there, nigga, cleaning windows, one slip, and it's a and it's a trip. Fuck out of here. Rappers got the hardest job. Stop rapping about ops and killing and shooting and murder and then tell me how hard your job is. Rap about black love. Come back to your communities, not just to fuck bitches and pass out STDs. Come back to your community to build. Come back to your community to give a kind of breather, a break, some love. Make us smile. Come back and help the kids with good report cards. Give out some of that money. Stop stop, um, dumping garbage, hefty, hefty, six-sack trash bags full of money on strippers for sexual reasons and purposes and bring them same trash bags filled with money to the community and say, man, we giving it out to kids. Good report cards. Who got a good report card? Little man right there. What you got? Let me see your report card. All A's, B's, and C's. Here's 200 for you. Next one. Who else? Oh, no, nah, man. You got F's. Get on out of here. We making it corny to be stupid and to do bad in school and be thugging. We don't look if, we're not looking for 15-year-old shooters. 
I need my 15-year-old shooter packs, and I need my little guys to be crash dummies. That's what the OGs are doing. They're not coming out passing. Now, we, we celebrate niggas getting out of penitentiary more than we do graduations. Think about that. That's why I told all my niggas getting out of prison. Don't call me till you've been out of prison for at least like two to three years. Nigga, don't. I'm not one of them niggas. Oh, you know, so-and-so's out. So what are you saying? Man, let's go over there and see him. See him? Why would I want to see him? I'm not infatuated with that nigga like that. I'd like, I hope he does good. He, his son probably wants to see him. His daughter probably wants to see him. His wife probably wants to see him. His mother probably wants to see him. I don't want to see that nigga like that. I don't need to hear no Nation of Islam regurgitated speeches. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not trying to see no nigga getting out of prison. That doesn't impress me, nigga. Fuck that impress you. Why don't you go to prison then? He's a real nigga, man. He's a real, okay. Then you should probably go see him. I'm going to go over here to this graduation party and throw out some money to these kids who just graduated from high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go give out $100 bills, $50 bills, $20 bills to the graduation people that are doing something positive. I'm not giving out anything to a nigga getting out of jail except advice. Stay out. That's what I'm How about that? Fucking with me, nigga. I'm not one of them niggas. Not one of those kind of niggas. I think street culture is the worst thing that could have ever happened to us. I got my family back on track. That's why I don't give a fuck about what that half of my family thinks. Because I got my family name back on track. You guys are nothing like my grandfather. Nothing. You're nothing like my grandfather, Simpson Bradley Jr. You're nothing like Simpson Bradley, uh, the one. You're nothing like none of my ancestors. You guys who smoke crack, fuck bitches, rob banks, have illegitimate children, out here just living a nigga lifestyle, you dropped the Bradley family ball name. And I'm disappointed in you. Me, with the last name, I got the shit back on fucking track. I did. Yeah, I chose to say I'm going to be here for this, my son. I chose to make an environment so this young man can grow up and be a positive contributor to Earth. Carrying that last name. So now when that last name comes around, they don't see bank robber. They don't see drug addict. They don't see whole prostitute, scum sucking bitch, low life motherfucker. They see, man, that's a good outstanding. His father's a good outstanding man. The people that know me, I'm not talking about the people that are mad at me for my views on Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or Jewish people. I'm talking about people that who's, who know me, who I come in contact with. No, man, that's a good guy. He's a, he coaches that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's out. I see him out doing things. He's active doing things that are good. He's not doing things that are bad. I don't see him hurting the black community. I don't see him pimping with a bunch of different black women. Every time I see you got a different black woman on your arm. Are you taking care of her mentally? Or are you distracting her? And are you dissuading her? And are you devaluing, devaluing her? What are you doing with all these black women that I keep seeing you with? Is this just fuck buddies? You could have did that with a fuck doll. So if you're going to be coming in the black community, what is your relationship with the black community? Me, I don't do too much for the black community. I can say I don't do bad things for them. And that's probably way better than any little turkey I could give out on Thanksgiving, right? Don't hurt us. You're not coming in, turning out our young ones. You're not bringing the aura of criminality that make young kids look at you and want to be a gangbanger. Or a shooter, a hitter, a stepper, a demon. No, when they look at you, they say, hey, man, I want to be a mentor like Simba. I want to be a coach like Simba. I want to be a good father, a good husband. He's married, loyal husband, 
business owner, starting his own business, clothing line, podcast. He's he. That's more what I want to be focused on. I'm not. I don't care about the the negative aspects of the shit that you do. Your cars and your personal trinkets. What kind of person are you? So anyway, I went off on a little tangent there, but yeah, don't don't ever say that <laughs> rap or rappers got the hardest jobs. They don't. Father, being a father, being a mentor. There's so many jobs that are harder to be than a rapper. Change your content. Then tell me how hard it is. You'll find it's very, very easy to get love when you give love. Ah, this is Simbali, and we got Content Podcast. I appreciate you guys rocking with me again. Uh, don't forget to click the link in the bio. Come into the YouTube channel if you want the Savoir Fair. You guys got to follow me on my, on my platforms, people. I'm on Twitter. At least until... Uh, Elon Musk institute this $8 blue check fucking payment. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be shutting down my Twitter. I'm not paying $8, nigga. I ain't got it. The way that my checking account is set up, I don't have it. Nigga, what are you talking about, nigga? But anyway, as of right now, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. So if you guys want to know how to get the Savoir Fair, if you guys want to be in tune with the content, the things that I post, make sure that you click the link um, that's in the description bio right here in the podcast. And uh, come on in. I hope to... I hope to engage with y'all. Uh, this is Simba Ali. Uh, I'm out.